first person we've got coming up is the incredible Rod Isaacs. You know what I love? So every time Rod gets up to MC, he's not just getting up with a piece of paper and going, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? He's listening to what God is saying. And he always brings something. I love the prophetic edge that's on your life. And I'm excited that we're going to hear more than two minutes this morning because I know there's so much inside ready to burst out. It's almost like what Jeremiah said where there's a fire in me that I can't contain. And uh, Rod is a teacher, but I know he's an incredible preacher. And so with expectation, why don't we give him a huge round of applause as he comes up. Good morning, everyone. You may sit down. (laughs) Thank you, band. How awesome is that? When I grow up, I want to be a drummer. Just looks so cool. My word. Uh, So good to see you all. I don't know when my 15 minutes starts, when these guys are off the stage or if it started already. (laughs) Um, So my name is Rod. And uh, as you can hear, probably by the accent, I'm from South Africa. Uh, I'm married to this beautiful, yes, my follow sap, my sappies. Uh, I'm married to this beautiful lady in the front here. Her name is Carmen and we have three beautiful girls. And uh, we moved to New Zealand about two and a bit years ago, um, following the call of God in our lives. Uh, He told us before we were married uh, that we would go somewhere in the world to preach the gospel. And so we're living in the fruit of what Jesus has said. And uh, so we are excited. We're on a journey. We're loving what God is doing. And we are so expectant to see God do more. So I have a couple of things to say. Uh, this morning, and I trust that uh, that what I say really, uh, I felt certainly on my heart as I've prepared this week, um, that even if it was one person that would be ignited, inspired, that you would go out and do what God has called you to do. So um, I want to talk about someone. Uh, his name is uh, Abraham Lincoln. So perhaps the perfect example of a resilient individual Uh, is Abraham Lincoln. He was the 16th president of the United States of America. uh, And Lincoln was defeated in his bid for Congress on many occasions. (laughs) Let's actually read some of them. So in 1831, failed in business. In 1832, defeated for uh, legislature. legislature, Sorry. Uh, In 1833, failed in business again. In 1834, elected to government. In 1835, his sweetheart died. In 1836, he had a nervous breakdown. In 1838, he was defeated for speaker. 1840, defeated for elector. 1843, defeated for Congress. And so it goes on until eventually in 1860, he was announced the 16th president of America. So anyone studying his life, could probably look at it and say he's generally quite a failure, actually. (laughs) Um, But he didn't let election after election subdue his willingness to serve. The resilience he exhibited during his decades-long quest to be elected uh, to public office was obviously eventually rewarded with being the U.S. president. 
Um, now, I don't know too much about his background. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I did what most people would do and I Googled some stuff about him and tried to find out if he was a Christian. Uh, and there wasn't much evidence uh, to support the fact that he was uh, a, a Christian, although some people say that privately he did believe in God and believed in Christ. Um, but I just thought to myself, this is a man who did some pretty amazing things because once he was in office, he, he actually became, the, he, he became a benchmark for resilience because he was a, 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 a president in the time of the country's most um, harrowing and uh, the, the nation's um, most harrowing history in that there was civil war. Uh, the country was divided. Americans were killing Americans. You see, all other mass casualties from wars or attacks normally come from external enemies. But he was the only president where he governed in a time where Americans fought Americans. And um, the story goes, uh, he eventually does quite well. Unfortunately, in 1865, he, he gets assassinated, becoming the first American president for that to happen to. But why am I telling you this bleak story? <laughs> uh, this is a man who, I'm not too sure if he knew Christ, but he achieved incredible things. So I'd only imagine if we who have Christ, what can we do? What can we achieve? If I had a title for today's message, it would probably be Stop Renegotiating on Your Promises. You see, God has promises over all of us. Uh, in fact, I'll read a few. I am your strength. I will never leave you. I have plans for you to prosper. I hear your prayers. I will fight for you. I will give you peace. I will always love you. And for some we might need someone else to tell us that, but we can find these very promises in the word of God. All we need to do is open our Bible and they're right there. They're right there. In fact, in Ephesians 2 verse 6, it says, and, uh, and he raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if you hear this morning and you know Jesus, it says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. In fact, I heard a story about um, a guy who was also was going through some challenging stuff and uh, he went to go you know, have some counseling and he spoke to his pastor and his pastor says, well, it depends on your perspective. The stuff that you're going through, if your perspective is down here or is your perspective, well, I'm actually seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and I look over what's going on and I remember that his promises are yes and amen. So before we go on to my two points that I have, um, I think that it's so important for us to be secure in who we are and be secure in who God has called us to be. Yes, sure, we all have our own stories. We all have things that uh, the curveballs that life has thrown us along the way. But faith Faith comes by hearing, hearing of God's word. I was looking at that picture or those two frames earlier while we were worshiping and I said, faith that moves mountains. So for those who can't see it, it says faith that moves mountains. And I, I, I focus more on the mountain instead of the faith. The Bible says faith as small as a mustard seed. If 
But sometimes, and I wonder, maybe you're like me, I look more at the mountains than I actually look at the faith that I have access to because of my relationship with Jesus. You see, the thing is, we're called to co-labor with God. That's what he's called us to do. And we're called to co-labor with him and build his church. The question I want to ask you today, in your life, is God powerless and historical? Because if I must be honest, sometimes I'm just like, wow, awesome. Look at what he did. Look at what he did through David. Look at what he did through Ruth. Look at what he did in those stories. That's awesome. But actually, in my heart of hearts, maybe through my actions, I'm saying, God, actually, in my situation, you're powerless and you're historical because you did it before, but you can't do it again. Sometimes there's an honest truth. But let's, uh, let's, look at two, let's look at two people in the Bible. The first one being Joseph. And I love this, jo- I love this about Joseph. You see, Joseph, um, uh, he understood the power of God. In Genesis 37 verse 5, it said, Joseph had a dream. And then a few verses down, it says, and then he had another dream. And then what happens? At the age of 17, he gets sold into slavery by his brothers. And for roughly 13 years, this young boy in a foreign land with a dream uh, is probably questioning what God's, do you, what, what are you saying, God? Do you still have these plans and purpose for my life? But even all the way through that, I think that he held on and I think we, we can see that through scripture, but he held on to what dreams God had for him in that there were times when he was tested. The integrity of Joseph was tested through uh, Potiphar's wife, but the Bible says he refused. And I wonder as a 17-year-old boy, if this possibly went through his head. Now, this scripture was written way after his time, but One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Habakkuk 3 verse 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. You see, the thing is that we serve the same God. The Bible said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve the same God. And the cry of my heart today in my life and in the lives of of my friends, of my family, in the lives of this church, in the lives of people of this nation is, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. And the thing is, God is. God is doing amazing things, guys, absolutely amazing things. But I wonder, and and I may be speaking for myself here, but I wonder if I'm so distracted by all of the other things that are going on that I don't hear the voice of the Father, that I don't hear the lion, the roar of the lion, because I'm on various platforms and I'm seeing what's going on in the world and how challenging it is. Uh, I might be listening to some reports about what's happening and what might happen in the future. But then I have to remind myself, faith 
comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So if you're sitting in a place where you're maybe, you're, you're not too sure about what's going on, you do or did have all these plans, you knew some of the promises that God has over your life, but you're almost at a point where you're not too sure about what the future looks like. I can tell you that if you were to read his word, that you will know because his promises are still the same over you and I. It's still the same. See, God's not sitting up there, you know, all stressed out on, you know, pills, worried about what's going on in the world today. He is in complete and utter control. Complete and utter control. How about you? How about you? And I want to encourage you and say that if you're sitting at a place this morning where we're human, right? Your world's a little bit upside down. You're not too sure about what the future holds. You're a little bit stressed. Start with something as simple as just read his word. Read his word. And as that word washes over you, it will encourage you and strengthen you. And then the second person that I'd like to quickly look at is Jesus. You see, the Bible says this, Jesus saying to his disciples in Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, that's what we're meant to do. That's what God has called us to do is be witnesses. So the business that, you're, that you run, that you own, it's for his glory. The job that you have, the people that you lead, the school that you go to, the university that you attend, God has put you in that place for his glory. He wants to do amazing things in you and through you. And it's great to have these dreams and goals. And remember what I said earlier, the promises of God over your life. But I know certainly I have to be reminded that those promises of God on my life are yes for me and for my family and we're happy and we're loving it. But the, only, the, the one overriding thing is that those promises are for his glory. So Lord, help me be a great husband for your glory. Lord, help me be a great dad for your glory. Lord, help me be a great teacher for your glory. Not for me. You see, I'm just the donkey that Jesus gets to sit on. <laughs> That's all I am. I'm just the donkey. It's about him. It's not about the donkey. So I hope you don't leave here thinking, okay, I'm just a donkey. You're more than that. You're carrying the presence of God. But yeah. So in Isaiah 61, it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord, of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Don't we see a lot of that today? A spirit of despair. 
But you see, you and I, we have a different mission. We have a different purpose, and our purpose is to inspire hope. Our purpose is to walk around with our garment of praise to our Father. And as we do that, we touch people's lives. Sometimes we don't even know it, but people are watching us. They're watching to see, how do you react when the going gets tough? How do you react maybe as a business owner when things are not looking so rosy? What are you doing? They are looking at us. They're watching us. And the thing is, is that we have been right up top there because the Lord has anointed me. We are anointed to do what God has called us to do. So in conclusion, what promises are you renegotiating with God? See, the thing is that God has called us to do great things, but again, for his glory. So what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the economy to change? Are we waiting for our situation to get a little bit better and then, you know, I'm going to do what God has called me to do? Well, then I want to remind you of this truth. Sarah and, um, what's the other guy? Abraham. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah were given a promise. And in Genesis 18, verse 14, the Lord says this to them. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Ask yourself that question when you're looking at your finances, when you're looking at your business, when you're looking at your studies, when you're looking at whatever you're doing, whatever God has called you to do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? See, the truth is there are some things you can only learn in the storm, not after. Yeah, you learn some stuff after. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Not after not before, but in the storm. And I hope that your heart would be like my heart today. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In my business, in my job, in me leading my family, in me being a good friend, sister, brother, aunt, uncle. Lord, repeat them in our day. So as we move on to Bruce, um, I wonder if you could just join me just for a quick prayer. Father, we are living in one of the most exciting times in history. Challenging, yes, but Lord, your gospel is advancing. You are building your church and as your word says, you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And Lord, today you have called us, your people, to co-labor with you as we advance your kingdom. We might not see it on social media. We might not see it on the news because the world does not celebrate you. But we will choose to celebrate you in all that we do. And we will choose to take up this mantle. We will choose to take up this mission. And that is to build your church, Jesus. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.